0: The L.A. Clippers entered the world's most famous arena on Saturday night to play their fifth game of their six-game Grammy road trip against the New York Knicks. And, oh, man, it was a nail-biter. I was on the edge of my seat the whole way. The Clippers ultimately coming up with a gutsy win off a game-tying three from Nico Batum to send the game to overtime. In this one, going to talk about what big concern I have now for the Clippers after seeing their last, games, last two games Why Norman Powell should be 6th man of the year. And the reaction of Kyrie Irving going to Dallas and not the Clippers. Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. Don Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir, you are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vizieri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Pod. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I have more Clipper LA Sports. NBA and NBA history content, and of course, remember to subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube, and hit the notification bell so you know whenever we upload a video and answer today's pinned question, and that is, what did you make of Luke Kennard and Robert Covington both not getting a minute of playing time? Luke Kennard, that's his second straight game where he didn't play a minute. Robert Covington, he only played six minutes in Milwaukee, so... I said in the last episode, I hope it's not something going forward where it's like Ty's going to go back to not playing Roko, but it's not looking good based on the signs from the New York game where the Clippers only went eight deep. So in this one, going to be talking about the win, why it was a good win, what concerns, though, I do have after seeing patterns in the last two games. The Clippers do have a serious problem in closing games right now, and honestly, if we're going to be real, have shown tendencies and signs of this even dating back to the 2021 season. And it's nice to finally have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy again so that this comment, not this comment, but this issue, this problem, this potential problem is addressed. This is why Kawhi Leonard and Paul George need to be healthy because we need to find out what the flaws in this team are when they're fully healthy. And oftentimes, very often, we are seeing a team that does not contain Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play for the Clippers and we're, Not finding out what the potential problems are with the actual version of the Clippers healthy because they're not on the court all the time. And we just want to say, oh, when they're healthy, it's all going to be okay. But when they're healthy, they still haven't proven they can win a championship yet. We still need to see it. And so in this game... It was a game of runs from the beginning, almost to meet a carbon copy in many ways of the Milwaukee Bucks game. The Clippers came out strong and outscored the Knicks in the first quarter 36-28. So similarly to the Milwaukee game, the Clippers started out strong and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard led the way looking for their shots early, and especially Paul George. It felt like in this game, Ty Lue made a concerted effort to get Paul George the ball a little bit more, and he was the, it seemed like, go-to guy in the first half over Kawhi. We were running him off some off-ball actions, but... Mainly, he was just getting into his pull-up with Jericho Sims in drop coverage and was just knocking down the three when it was presented to him. And a couple times he was just aggressive, getting to his spots against defenders that really had no chance of guarding him. And that's the thing about Paul George. He is so unbelievably frustrating because sometimes it's just a confidence thing. You can see it in his body language where he's in in a mood where he's saying to himself, nobody can guard me on this team. And he's aggressive, he gets to his spots, rises over the top of defenders around 10-12 to feet, not just 20 feet away after like 5 dribbles. So I thought he was more efficient with his movement, and I thought that Ty Lue, as the coach, did a good job of putting him in more positions to score. Kawhi Leonard also came out aggressive. Shot 8 times in the first quarter, only made 3 of them, but I liked how he was aggressive. And on defense, the Clippers had Terrence Mann guarding Jalen Brunson and Marcus Morris guarding Julius Randle. And the Clippers, as I said, only went eight deep. Reggie Jackson, I thought, had a decent first-half shift, not a good second-half shift. Nico Batum was Nico Batum, made both his threes in the first half. And Norman Powell, again, was absolutely fantastic. And I'm going to be talking about why I think Norman Powell is going to win sixth man of the year in the second segment. But he was just doing his Norman Powell thing, continuing to score instantly off the bench. And the Clippers went into the half With a 63 to 56 advantage over the Knicks. And in the third quarter, they put together their best quarter. They won it 33 to 25. And the Clips, you know, they shot well from three in this entire game 16 for 37 from deep, 43% in the game. But in the first half, the number was, the percentage was even higher. And in the third quarter, they picked up where they left off Paul George knocking down shots. Kawhi Leonard with a couple of mid-range jumpers. He actually had 13 points in the third quarter and was really starting to turn it on in the mid-range, being aggressive, getting to the basket, catching the ball in good areas where he was already about 6, 7 feet in. He can post up, turn over his left shoulder, turn over his right shoulder. And Paul George is doing his thing. Ivica Zubats in drop coverage, everybody else switching, making life fairly tough on the Knicks. But I will say this. They're two stars or two-star caliber players in Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson did not make life easy for the clips. Julius Randle is a matchup problem just of his because of his size and skill and strength. We didn't really have a true guy that could really guard him. And then Jalen Brunson, I thought Terrence Mann was trying his best. But he is so unbelievably savvy in those in-between areas. His floaters, his change of pace, his ability to keep defenders on his hip. He was really playing a great third quarter himself. And I thought the Knicks ended the third quarter with some momentum. But overall, the Clippers were up by as many as 17 in the second half and led by 15 going into the fourth. And I don't think it was anything crazy. It was literally the simple fact of the Clippers are a better team than the Knicks. They have better players. They have the two best players in the court. They have great role players that can knock down open shots when Kawhi is getting double teamed and Paul George is making the right reads and pick and roll. It's very simple. And the Clippers defense is better than the Knicks defense. So it was just kind of like par for the course. But the thing about the Clippers and you saw it against Milwaukee and I'm going to say it again I'm going to sound like a broken record. What makes a great team to me one of the characteristics is if you're able to close a game on the road by protecting a lead even though the home team is going to make a push and the crowd is going to get into it. And that's exactly what happened. The MSG fans were getting into it. Guys like Obi Toppin, Deuce McBride came off the Knicks bench and knocked down a couple of shots. And I thought Reggie Jackson had a bad stint in that beginning of the fourth quarter. A couple of missed jumpers. And Deuce McBride hit a mid-range over him. And he hit a three right after that. The thing I did like, though, that, about Ty Lue in this game was that he disciplined Reggie Jackson. He only played him 15 minutes, which was less than any player in the clipper rotation in this game. And that was much needed. But the Knicks made a push. And a push is an understatement. Jalen Brunson was truly taking over the game. And Knicks players were just starting to get hot. And Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, again, in the fourth quarter, were not very strong. Norman Powell had the best fourth quarter quarter of any Clipper player. He had eight points in the fourth, was getting to the basket, continuing to get to his strong right hand, in which he is really amazing going right. Not just his finishing ability and his touch off the glass in traffic, but his strength, that shoulder. He does such a good job of creating separation and getting right into the defender's chest. Such a great finisher, and also able to hit the three ball. He was even in some mid-ranges in this one. So again, another fantastic performance from Norman Powell. But I was concerned. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were a combined 2-for-8 in the fourth quarter. Paul George was 0-for-3 and turned the ball over multiple times. There was one where the defender was in drop coverage. I think it was Isaiah Hartenstein. Shout-out to former Clipper Isaiah Hartenstein going up against Zoo for a lot of those minutes. But there was one time where Paul George came off the screen, he was dropped, and it looked like instead of pulling up for the mid-range, Paul wanted to go get a foul, went right into the chest of Isaiah, and it clearly wasn't a foul. He was trying to initiate the contact, lost the ball, and then in another pick and roll, he just made a bad pass where he thought a teammate was somewhere where he wasn't, and it was another turnover, and that's a big problem. And look, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George went cold, Jalen Brunson took over the game, the Clippers just missed shots. Simple as that. I actually thought that the quality of looks were not bad. Marcus Morris missed a wide open three from the top of the key. And mind you, he had a pretty decent shooting night. 50% from deep, 40% from the field. So not great from the field, yeah, 40%. But 17.6 rebounds on 50% shooting from three is not bad. You expect Marcus Morris to make a wide open three from the top. And in this game, because Isaiah Hardenstein was ending the game, you also saw Ty Lue go with Zu to end the game. So I did like that. You saw Zhu, Nico, Norman, Kawhi, and Paul. And I like that closing lineup. I do. And then there was a time late in the last 30, 40 seconds where he took Zo out and put Terrence Mann in. But Jalen Brunson, you know, he went at Terrence Mann. He went at Marcus Morris in that last minute or so. And when he put the Knicks up three and Kawhi had missed two shots in a row, contested jumpers, and it goes back to that conversation with Kawhi, Can he blow by, guys? Can Paul George or Kawhi blow by elite defenders late in games? Are they too tired? In this game, Kawhi Leonard, 41 minutes. That's his second straight game playing 40-plus minutes. This is a guy coming off an ACL tear that already does load management. Paul George, 42 minutes. You have Roko and Luke Kennard getting DNPs. Is this smart? Is it smart to be playing them so much? Are they running out of gas in the fourth quarter? You know, they're the primary initiators for the offense. We need to do a better job of preserving them. We're already preserving them on defense. They're not guarding the elite players. It took till very, very desperate measures and desperate times in the game for Kawhi to guard Jalen Brunson or, or Julius Randle. So we already are conserving them in ways, but that minute count is too high, and they just need to make shots at the end. And with, three, with a three-point lead, and it looked like all was lost, and the Clippers had choked, and I was going to have to come talk about another collapse in the fourth quarter— Paul George misses a three long. Kawhi Leonard gets his hands on the loose ball. If it's a Zubots, throws it to Kawhi, who then throws it beautifully across the court. Great pass by Kawhi Leonard here. And Paul George had the wherewithal, the presence of mind to see the clock, realize he had a couple of seconds left, made the extra pass, And Nico Batum made maybe his clutchest shot with the Clippers, tying the game at the Horn at Madison Square Garden to send the game into overtime. And in my opinion, the Knicks were a little deflated after that. It became the Julius Randle show in the fourth quarter, which was weird because Jalen Brunson was the one that gave the Knicks the lead and was really the catalyst for them taking the lead. But the Clippers did a good job. I want to say Nico Batum especially did a good job on Randall, Caused a couple of misses. Clippers caused a couple of turnovers. And Marcus Morris and Norman Powell actually made the only two field goals of the overtime for the Clippers. Marcus Morris on a nice little slip screen setting it for Kawhi Leonard. Got the Clippers going. Put them up by two. And then after a lot of free throws and good, good on the Clippers to get to the line. The Clippers were up by, I think it was six, and Norman Powell got the ball in the backcourt and dribbled by everybody like it was NBA Street, went all the way for a layup, and the Clippers went up by eight and pulled away to come out with the huge win 134 to 128 in overtime at MSG. Oh man, it was a great win, but not a flawless win. One that made me uneasy. And coming up, going to be talking a little bit more about the closing issues, but also Norman Powell, why he should be the sixth man of the year, why he is going to be the sixth man of the year. Going to be talking about that coming up. On Tuesday, I am going to Picks to make a couple of fantasy entries. And PrizePix is the best app out there for this kind of stuff. How does it work? All you got to do is pick two to six players and predict if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry, and it's not competing against any particular person. It's just you and the projections available. On Monday, I'm taking Jason Tatum's over with the points against Detroit. I am taking Jalen Brown's under with the points against Detroit, and I am also taking the under on Giannis is we listed at 34 and a half points on Monday and I'm gonna do that on prize picks and it's not just basketball that you can make picks on you can do it on football MLB, Baseball, even though it's not baseball season right now. Men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, everything. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Just download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive an 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON for an instant deposit matchup to $100. Okay, let's get back to business. And by the way, the NBA trade deadline is approaching and Locked On has you covered. Thursday, February 9th, tune into Locked On NBA on YouTube at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific Time to hear reaction from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who becomes contenders and who is tanking for a better future and throwing the rest of their season away? Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube and don't miss a deal. And of course... In the final segment, I will be discussing very briefly the big deal made this weekend. Kyrie Irving being moved to Dallas. There were rumors and confirmed rumors. I heard from multiple sources that the Clippers did make a package and an offer to the Brooklyn Nets. Going to be talking about that in the final segment. But let's talk about this Knicks game. Overall, some really good things to take from the Clippers. The ball movement was better. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were playing like stars, especially for the first three quarters. Norman Powell was great. Ivic Zubac, even though he had a quieter offensive game, I thought he did a really good job defensively of being up enough on the pick and rolls to deter some jump shooters. And then also doing a good job guarding Isaiah Hartenstein on rolls, contesting shots around the rim. And also, of course, as always, doing a great job on the glass. He had 13 rebounds in the game and 40 minutes of play. So shout out to Zubac. But overall, what I really liked was that the Clippers withstood the run. You know, at the end of the day, it wasn't a pretty win, but you don't see pretty wins and ugly wins on the record, do you? You just see wins and losses. And the Clippers got the win, even with the MSG crowd having gone ballistic when Quentin Grimes hit that go-ahead three and Jalen Brunson put the Knicks up three shortly after. The Clippers were able to respond thanks to Nico Batum's clutch shot and an overtime did the business and got a win, a game in which they led by 17 and would have been horrible to lose considering they lost the game in Milwaukee where they basically did the same thing. We're playing great for three quarters, and in the fourth quarter, they went cold and blew it. In this fourth quarter, the Clippers were outscored 34-19. to So 18 points in the fourth against Milwaukee, 19 against the Knicks. That is a problem. And one thing I said, if you go to my personal YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, and, and look at my 2021 post-game recaps, there was a stretch, I want to say in February or January, where I was starting to get, I think may actually have extended into March, where I was starting to have doubts about Kawhi Leonard's ability and Paul George's ability to close games because teams are going to switch everything and they don't seem like they have the, we already talked about the Clippers have a problem with getting easy shots to the rim. They're a jump shooting team. And Kawhi's legs, even then, I don't think it's a new thing, but they kind of go. You know, he still makes game winners here and there. And in against Dallas, he kind of proved me wrong with my concerns in, again, in 2021 in the playoffs. But he was just making really tough jumpers then too. The fact of the matter is, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are either going to have to get to the basket better or knock down those contested jumpers because everyone says the Clippers just go ISO. When teams switch everything... That's what you are forced to do. Now, I think the Clippers should do a better job of getting the worst defenders on the other team to guard Kawhi and Paul George. I don't think they've done that enough. Probably throw some ghost screens in there, re-screens, kind of keep the defense guessing. You know, I was talking to one of my friends about this, and I was saying, what do you think the Clippers should do when teams switch everything late? And he was actually giving me some counters. The thing is, whenever I ask somebody that says the Clippers are only running ISO at the end of the game, I say, when teams are switching everything, what's your counter? They don't say anything. They say, well, Ty lose a pro coach. He should know. That's a cop-out answer. If it was so easy, everybody would figure out an answer to switching everything. If it were so easy, the Cavaliers would have figured out an option to switching— a good option to switch—when the Warriors switched everything on them, with when they had Draymond, Iguodala, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant all in one lineup. It's easier said than done. The fact of the matter is Kawhi Leonard and Paul George need to knock down shots. They need to also be unselfish and look for Norman Powell more at the end of games, especially when he's starting out fourth quarters the way he has the last two games. And then, mainly, mainly— Attack the weakest defenders more. They're like trying to go at the best defenders in the other team. Like against Milwaukee, they're putting Drew Holiday and Giannis in the pick and roll. It's like, dude, you want these all NBA level defenders to guard you guys as opposed to Joe Ingles or Grayson Allen or, you know, Wes Matthews is is a very good defender, but I'd rather have him guarding me than Drew Holiday. But anyway, something to look for, something to look for going forward. And I really want the Clippers to keep having these kind of games. I want them to keep having games where they are leading in games, They're on the road, a team makes a big run, and they have to close against the pressure. I want to see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George do it. But let's read the stat lines in the game. Another game in which I think the Clippers did a better job taking care of the ball. They had 13 turnovers, the Knicks had 10. 13 is still a little much, but considering the game went to overtime, it's not that crazy. I'm honestly okay with that number. And the Clippers had 42 points in the paint, the Knicks had 44, so pretty even there. The Clips shot 48% from the field. The Knicks shot 48% from the field as well. Clips shot 43% from three. The Knicks shot 45% from three. But the difference, I guess, in the game, the Clippers shot 35 free throws. The Knicks shot 26 free throws. The Clippers are a very good free throw shooting team. At least they, it feels like they have been of late. 86% from the line. It's nice to see the Clippers out shooting somebody from the free throw line because we always talk about they don't get to the line enough. But let's read the stat lines. Reggie Jackson only played 15 minutes, and man, I still believe that he shouldn't be playing. I don't think Luke Kennard should be getting DNPs, Coach should be getting DNPs for Reggie. I truly don't. I love the guy. I have to keep reinstating that because I don't want to sound like I'm hating. But in this game, four points, four assists. thought he had a decent first-half shift where he got to the basket and created a couple of those four assists in that first half and pick and roll. But the second half, didn't, didn't really like what I was seeing. 15 minutes of play. I like how he played the least of anyone for the Clips. Four points. Nico Batum. 27 minutes of play. 10 points. Two rebounds. Three assists. A steal. Two blocks. No turnovers. Plus 12, which was the highest plus minus of any Clipper. He shot four threes. He shot four shots. And he made three of those four threes. Including the game-tying three. So Nico Batum was absolutely huge. Played really good defense as well. Such a fantastic role player he is, and I'm so happy that he's on this team. Terrence Mann, 29 minutes of play, thought he was really solid. He did have a tough time with Brunson, but at the end of the day, you need someone that's going to go out there and take the challenge of even guarding a guy like Jalen Brunson. And Terrence Mann did that, and he didn't just allow him to score 50. You know, he did have an efficient 40. But, if you know, if somebody weaker than Terrence, let's say Reggie Jackson's guarding him all night, I think it's much worse. And Terrence Mann also was aggressive in this game offensively, and that's the one criticism people have of Terrence, is that he's not decisive enough offensively. But I thought in this game, not only did he shoot the three when it was there, shot it three times, only made it once, but he attacked when he had driving lanes. And I like when sometimes Terrence just puts his head down, gets to the rim, he's got a good strong shoulder, and he's athletic, cuts well without the ball, as we know. He had 12 points, three rebounds, and two assists on four for seven shooting, and three for three from the line in 29 minutes. And I also like how he closed a little bit of the game in this one. So Ty Lu trusting him a little bit more. I want to see that consistently. If it's a Zubots, 40 minutes of play, two points, which is rare for him to only shoot three times. Again, we should give them, give him the ball more. 13 rebounds, though, for zoo in 40 minutes of play. And good defense. And then Marcus Morris, I talked about him, but I think it's been two really, really solid games since he's come back from injury. 17 points, six rebounds, three assists on six for 15 shooting from the field and four for eight from three. And then the main three guys. I don't want to call it a big three, but Norman Powell is really that third guy now and he should be sixth man of the year. I think he's going to be. He's just playing such amazing basketball. He's now averaging 17 points on the season. He's shooting 49% from the field and 42 and percent from three he's just been instant offense and the more the Clippers climb up in the standings the more people are going to take notice of this he had 24 points and I haven't even mentioned in the fourth quarter when I thought the Clippers had the game won this man had the dunk of the year for us right now the leading candidate no question absolutely baptized Julius Randle it was crazy came out of nowhere off two feet 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists for Norm on 8 for 17 shooting, 2 for 6 from deep, 6 for 9 from the line, could have used a couple more, and then the others, the stars, Paul George, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, did have 4 turnovers though, so Paul had 4 of our 13 turnovers, needs to do a better job taking care of the ball, Nine for 16 from the field, so very efficient. Five for nine from deep and seven for seven from the line in 42 minutes. He was awesome, but in the fourth quarter, not good enough. And at the end of the day, I don't care how well you play. If you don't close the game out and and do well in the fourth, it doesn't matter. I've seen some people on Twitter say closing is overrated. You sound insane. How do you win games? Kawhi Leonard, 35 points, five rebounds, three assists, four steals. So one thing I'll say about Kawhi even though he didn't guard the main guys much. He's getting better help-wise. He's starting to get more steals, active hands. He's still got that part of his game. Four steals in this one, 35 points on 11 for 23 shooting. Only three three three-point attempts. He made one of them, so 22-point attempts. And this is my favorite stat of them all, 12 for 12 from the line. So Kawhi Leonard, big-time bounce-back game after his poor performance against Milwaukee. In my opinion, the player of the game was Norman Powell with his 24 points and just 8 points in the 4th quarter. And also a good 6 in overtime. Clippers win it. They move on to 30-26. and 3-2 on the road trip. 16-15 away from home. The Clippers end the road trip in Brooklyn on Monday. And coming up, speaking of Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving was just traded. The Clippers offered a package up. Going to be talking about the pros and cons of not landing Kyrie to close out the show. You know what I've really missed? A delicious built Bar. It's been a while since I've got one, and I am really craving one. It was great to start my day with it. And one of my goals is to eat healthier this year. And if you're like me and want to, I want to put on some muscle, get some protein in. And built Bar does that while also tasting amazing. And what makes built Bar so good well, they're 100% covered in real chocolate, and they have this chewy interior that make it feel like you're eating like a Rolo almost. That's has that kind of texture, like the Rolo chocolate. And now, you don't even need to wait around for a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built Bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. And I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like peanut butter brownie coconut almond and churro that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars if you're close to sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter and churro you can thank me later all right so the Clippers, they went at 134-128. to 128. As the trade deadline looms, I will, sadly, for those that don't like the trade talks, we'll have to have a couple of episodes on what the Clippers need, what, you th- what we think they're going to try to make a move for. Of course, the two things everyone talks about, a backup big and a potential new point guard. From what I've heard, ladies and gentlemen, John Wall will be on his way out. If not traded, he will be bought out. So... For all those people in the comments that want John Wall to start, I'm afraid I don't think you will be getting your wish. I think the front office has admitted they made a mistake getting John Wall. And I think John still thinks he's John. It was the fear that I had before the season. He he doesn't like the lack of playing time. I think he felt he was going to come in and start alongside Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and facilitate them. And I know that's what people have been wanting in the comments section, some people. But Kyrie Irving was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers rumored to have offered Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, and a couple of draft picks for him. I heard this from multiple sources. I also heard that there was, one from one source, there was multiple packages from the Clippers. One centered around Norm, one centered around Terrence. For the Terrence one, I've had multiple people confirm to me. So it is really sad to hear that Terrence Mann was potentially on the trading block. But it is the business, right? I was very against the Clippers trading anybody that defends. And I think Nico Batum and Terrence Mann cannot be traded at the deadline. Cannot. The Clippers cannot give up any of those two because nobody else on the team can defend first options. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not going to do it. They're not going to be asked to do it because of how much they have to do offensively. So throw that out the window. And the Clippers need Terrence Mann and Nico straight up. So here are the pros and cons for not getting Kyrie. The cons. The Clippers... When we talk about closing and the Clippers having trouble creating good shots, Kyrie Irving is one of the best in the business at late game situations, closing games. He can take guys off the bounce. He can score in any way, shape, or form. And when teams are going to switch everything and and make teams play isolation, Kyrie Irving, even though he is also a jump shot heavy guy and it takes a steady diet of contested mid-ranges and threes in the playoffs, he is just another option that's going to make Teams lives harder on defense to guard the Clippers because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard getting option 1 and 2, Kyrie Irving is being guarded by the third best defender. Okay, good luck. That's kind of what the rationale was. But then there are and obviously it's an upgrade over Reggie and John Wall. And now you have a super team. But here are the cons. Off the court. His priority number 1 does not seem like it's been winning championships the last couple of years, taking time away from the team out of nowhere. Even when there were, there was you know in 2021, teams were in lockdown, telling guys that they cannot go out and about. And he was at his sister's birthday party, part, birthday party, just turning up. And then obviously the whole vaccine thing. So it seems like championships are not number one on his priority list. I think it's just being happy and you know doing things the way he wants to do them. And the Clippers right now, it's all about winning the championship. They need everybody to get in line. They can't have distractions. So in terms of off the court, that was something that was a concern for with Kyrie Irving. On the court, it's more: Do Paul George and Kawhi Leonard want him? Did they want a third star? Kawhi Leonard is going to be the number one option regardless. But in terms of Paul George and Kyrie, I know a lot of people think it doesn't really matter. Hoopers don't think that way. They just go out and play. But it's not true. There's times where Hoopers can neglect it, but at the end of the day, there is a pecking order and there will be moments in the games where it's like, whose ball is it? Who's getting how many touches? Who's getting how many plays drawn for them per game? That stuff matters. And egos matter. And I don't know if the Clippers need a third star. And plus, who were we gutting in terms of depth to get Kyrie Irving? The Clippers now have not lost anybody that can guard and in my opinion are turning the corner a little bit. With this win, the Clippers have now won seven of their last eight games with Paul and Kawhi healthy. And now they have Brooklyn on Monday without Kyrie or Kevin Durant. They got to win this game. They cannot play with their food. Four and two on the road trip would be fantastic. That would be eight wins out of the last nine games with Kawhi and Paul coming back home to see Kyrie Irving himself against Dallas, making his debut, and that's going to be so much fun. I'll be in attendance that night. But let me know. Luke Kennard and Robert Covington not playing, by the way, is a concern. I would have my eye on them coming up for the trade deadline this week because the Clippers could easily package them. I feel really bad. I think it's a huge mistake. I think Ty Lue needs to play them. And I'm starting to be very nervous about Ty Lue's decisions going forward. Yes, the Clippers are turning a corner, but I just want to see me consistently be happy with them. And it doesn't take a lot. I just think you should play Robert Covington and Luke Kennard and no Reggie. He really loves Reggie. And I love Reggie too. But I also want what's best with the Clippers and I don't think that involves him playing much. But that's it for me in this episode. Big win for the Clips. Absolute sigh of relief. The Knicks are not an easy team. They're not a bad team this year. Jalen Brunson had 40 1 points in the game on 14 for 19 shooting and our, and Julius Randle had 28 points, 11 rebounds and 7 assists on 10 for 18 shooting. Congratulations to Randle who was recently named an All-Star for the second time in his career, both times with the Knicks and both times in the last 3 years. But let me know in the comments what you thought of the decision to not play Roko and Luke Kennard at all. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Jumper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel Dime Jumper for more NBA LA Clippers And NBA history content and LA sports content. And thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen. Game to Game NBA. Every moment. Every top performance. Every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA. With local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers, let's close this road trip out, road trip out the right way.